0: Well, wasn't that just fantastic? My name is Pastor Matt and I'm the lead pastor here at Manningham Christian Centre. And thank you so much to everybody who sent in those amazing videos. Kids, you did a great job. And yes, there is such thing as a smoke zone. I'm told, so it's just fantastic to be able to come and celebrate Father's Day uh, with you. And we've got a really, really exciting uh, next next few minutes uh, lined up. I'm going to introduce you to a number of different people who uh, who have set aside this morning, taken time out of uh, their own Father's Day, and uh, and uh, we're going to be uh, drilling them for the secret to being a great man and uh well let's just find out a little bit more about them I'm going to introduce you to Ron Rainton Brad Isles Andy Furlong and Priantha it's just fantastic to have you all joining and I can see them I hope that uh, uh, you can see them as well and uh, we're going to be asking a number of different Father's Day questions but thanks so much guys for joining in happy Father's Day to you all I hope you all got breakfast in bed you got foot rubs you've had a a massage (laughs) this morning was it eggs and bacon or nothing at all Nothing at all. I know. Nothing just, at all. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, a good little bit of muesli and going from there. But uh, it's just super exciting to uh, be able to have you all come in. And Priyantha is going to join us in just the next few minutes. We're just overcoming some uh, a little, uh, a few little technical issues there, but it's great. First questions I'm going to direct to you, Ron. You have the neatest office studio that I've ever seen. I love that sign behind you, relax, man. Whenever I have seen you, other side, yeah, that's right. Um, Whenever I see you, you are a great man who's relaxed. It's probably because you've been married to Anne now for 44 years, for over 44 years which uh, this is why uh, she's kept you looking young, Ron. That's the uh, that's the key, isn't it? Right, yeah. and um, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> and uh, um, now, Ron, you are the father of um, somebody that we do know, and that is Kelly Kelly Wishart, who's also married to Sam, of course. But Kelly and Jeff and I. I just want to point this thing out to you. I just want to point this and out to everybody that. When I asked Ron to send uh, to send some details into us, um, he said that uh, success that Kelly and Jeff are both uh, successfully living independently from you. That is no mean feat. You got them out of the house, Ron. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, more to do
1: about them than about me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's very successful.
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's a remarkable success. Um, and uh, now Ron you're a uh, by trade you're a chemical engineer and uh, and most recently the safety health environment manager from international oil company working in Iraq. Wow. Now you're currently on leave in Australia but that just blows my eye- mind. You're the self safe let me get that right. You're the health and safety environment manager in Iraq. That just seems like an enormous task. Tell us a little bit about what that might entail.
1: Well, yeah, uh, more than I have ever expected, I suppose. Uh, Traveling the world, you find people all over the world are are marvelous people and the Iraqis are no exception to that. They are remarkable, loving people who have had a terrible last 50 years. Being safety health environment manager in Iraq is unique. The problems are unique. Uh, I would have never have thought prior to this that I'd be wondering how to handle mines and ammunition and explosives. Uh, that was a big part of the job, was demining the oil field. Uh, didn't do that personally. I had a group of very expert people to do that with us. But, uh, yeah, very, very different experience.
0: Wow. Gosh, it sounds like uh, sounds like family life, working out, minds uh, <laughs> <laughs> we- weapons-grade stuff anyway. Look, relationships can be All a bit right. like that. <laughs> but yep, um, yep. I, I, I wanted to ask you the first question, uh, and obviously being Father's Day, I wanted to ask you what 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 do you most enjoy about being a father? You've got two amazing children. Uh, you've got uh, um, uh, two grandchildren uh, that I am at least aware of. And uh, and what what do you love most about being a father?
1: Well, look, uh, let me start by saying thanks, Matt, for the opportunity here. Uh, really, has been great to step back and think. You know more fully on these things in the last week. Just, some of these questions are quite uh, deep and profound. What's it like to be a father? Uh, the best thing, you've already mentioned it, is to um, basically watch your kids grow uh, into adulthood and, and particularly pleasing and uh, satisfying that my two have grown into being uh, very effective and, uh, you know, uh Great people. Uh, At their age, um, you know, my age means they're getting older too. At their age, their success is more to do with themselves uh, and what they have uh, put into their lives and into their families. And, you know, I couldn't be more proud of both of them. Kelly is just an amazing woman with an amazing family. Um, And it's great to have been um, involved in the foundations to that. That that's that's the most pleasing thing is to see them succeed.
0: Yeah, fantastic, and you know, succeed in in relationships with friends and uh, and you know, grandkids. Obviously, your grandkids are just so special to you.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. Everything's not a bed of roses. Don't get me wrong, but uh, the Lord has really blessed uh, this family, and uh, we uh, we're moving forward wonderfully.
0: Yeah, fantastic. That's amazing. Um, obviously, being working in Iraq, it's 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 not something that you can get up early in the morning in uh, in your Melbourne home and uh, jump on a plane and scoot over there for the day and come back. You've spent a lot of time working overseas and obviously before Iraq um, you uh, uh, you know as, as as somebody who worked very long hours what was that like to um, how how do you best reconnect with your family after either working long hours having a long day or working overseas coming back from a trip how do you reconnect with your family the best
1: well it's something we're sort of uh, lacking in a big way at the moment that's that's personal face-to-face time. Uh, You know, one of the great things in recent years has been this technology, you know, uh, I could sit in Iraq and talk to Anne, talk to Kelly, probably didn't do that as often as I really should or could have, but uh, it could be done. uh, FaceTime, WhatsApp, all those sorts of things. Uh, But there's nothing like actually getting around a table and having dinner together, um, something we're missing quite... Uh, a lot at the moment uh, but that's uh, I think the best thing to do is to get together and to see one another now that's a bit of a struggle with Jeff at the moment he's up uh, near Byron Bay so he's away from us uh, so connection with him is a bit of a struggle but uh, that's the best thing is, is FaceTime being together
0: yeah absolutely, absolutely. I, think it's, I think eating together is just such a, a, a massive thing um, I think I think everybody can relate to uh, the fact that often we feel the most connected when we sit down and, and uh, have a banquet together or, or, you know, even have a coffee with one another. It's just so absolutely important. Now, this question, next question, Ron, is, uh, is, is pretty personal about you. And uh, thanks so much for answering this in the best way that you can. But, you know, what's, what, what was the hardest thing that you went through as a child and if you can, on the back of that, let us know how you overcome it, how you overcame it. It might've been, you know, later on in your life, but what was the hardest experience that you had?
1: Well, this is a, this is a, this is a tough question. Um, and I could get a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit out there with this. Sure. Look, yeah. unfortunately growing up in the Rayton family was not the best of experiences. Um, don't get me wrong, uh, Kelly, as you know, is very deeply involved in uh, family support and uh, and children. And some of the stories out there about what some kids have gone through are just horrendous, I mean, just horrendous. And I didn't have that type of upbringing, don't, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't easy. Dad had his problems. Uh, Dad was, mum was there and, there and there were issues in the family. So can I pick out, know, Growing up in the right family wasn't the easiest of things. So um, how do you go past that? Well, I think I found the Lord through Anne, by the way, uh, at, at around the same time. I think uh, it was inevitable uh, that I would find the Lord. I think God has always had his hand on me. Um, but something I've been really contemplating on over the last week in relation to this question is, you know, God is, is love. Pure and simple. Um, and, and I, there's a thing about thinking about God as the Father that that, that he's put into my heart. Um, God is the Father. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But don't let God as the Father be a limitation on your understanding of him. Wow. Because God God's love is broader, deeper, wider than any natural father could give you. In fact it's broader, deeper, wider than any mother could give you, or a combination of a mother and father. So if you don't have a father that says what he should be or what he could be, don't let that limit your understanding of God. Because God is more than that. If you don't have a father, God is a father. If you don't have a mother, God is a mother. If you don't have parents, God is your parents so i think that's sort of everything everything starts with love everything honesty generosity giving everything starts with love so i think that revelation um is what put me through this got me to where i am um yeah god's love and what that means and trying to step down that path with him um i'm a long way off that but i'm forgiven and i'm saved so that's all right keep trying but yeah, love is everything
0: it's it, it is it is such a learning process and it's such a learning journey and it, it seems like you know we talk about god's endless love and i just love how you have put it there ron that that he is, he is love and he's all the experiences of love. And as I just heard you, we cannot be limited by uh, by an earthly expression of love when there's so much more. There's a God's heavenly heart and heavenly expression of love for each and every single one of us. Ron, thanks so much. That's just extraordinary. I, I, I could just sit in that for the, for the next hour or two and just start to try to get my heart and get my head around uh, that revelation that you've been able to share with us, Ron. And obviously, Ron, that's come out of a, a, a deeper experience and deeper understanding of, of your childhood and uh, upbringing. That's, that's just so extraordinary, Ron. Thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're, we're gonna hear from uh, Ron a little bit later on as well. I'm gonna introduce you to uh, Andy Furlong, who uh, who is uh, um, yeah he's he's just a great man. Um, he's a carpenter, so you're following in Jesus' footsteps there, uh, Andy. So well done for that. Um, that's okay. that's good. Um, you are a beautiful age of uh, thirty-three, which it was around about that time that Jesus had some few. Never worry. Circumstances <laughs> changing his life. Let's get through this
2: year.
0: <laughs> right. but at the same time, uh, I'm beautiful. Married to beautiful Beck uh, Rebecca, and uh, you've got uh, Noah, who's nine, Isaac, and f- who's five, and Jonah is the brand newest addition. Who we saw him in those incredible brown overalls uh, kicking and uh, talking about Wally the dog, I think he was, at the end there. So, um, Andy, thanks so much for setting aside this morning and joining. Um, I'm going to kick straight into these uh, questions uh, for you, if you don't mind. I'm going to ask you – now, I I reckon I could take a stab at it. I know you reasonably well, but I reckon I could take a stab at it, but I could be surprised – um, what was the best decision that you ever made?
2: Um, well, it could have been the midnight happy meal that I picked up the other day. But no, I think absolutely the best decision that I've ever made without a doubt is my decision to follow Jesus. Um, I mean, undeniably, sure, there's there's eternal consequences to that decision, um, but but they they play an incredible role in that decision, but putting that aside for for a second is um it's just it's become the foundation of my life. It's the reason that I interact with people the way that I do um the reason that I would parent the way that i do the the reason I would um work the way that I do it just influences all of those. Um, facets of my life and um, I think although at times it hasn't informed all of my life choices perhaps the way that it should it's um, it's my relationship with Jesus that's seen me through um, some of the most challenging experiences of my life and uh, experiences that would seem utterly hopeless he's um, he's taken me through those experiences not just so that i can come out of the other side surviving but come out of the other side of those experience absolutely thriving
0: yeah that's just that's that's so good andy now i know that we didn't talk about this before and this is not part of the questions but you know the best decision that you've ever made you sort of backed that up with some sort of permanency uh on your shoulder at some point didn't we i think we can we Grab an image of that. Is is there a marking on your shoulder or something? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean it may be backwards. I don't know if that's gonna um that's gonna come through forwards or backwards, but that's my property of Jesus.
0: Yeah, come on, that's it. (laughs) How old were you when you had that done?
2: Uh I would have been eighteen, I think, when I got that one. (laughs)
0: Fantastic yeah that's awesome and and that is just so permanent. It's like there's no going back now. It's absolutely permanent. it's uh, it's on you and uh, a continual reminder, of course. Um, so you know as a father, you're thirty three you've uh, you've led you know your family incredibly well um, and uh, uh, and you've really had to obviously in partnership with with uh, Rebecca as well with Beck as well. Um what does spiritual leadership mean to you in terms of uh, spiritually leading your family?
2: Yeah, I mean I've had the privilege of of being a leader in in lots of different areas over the years. Um and I sort of got to thinking that you know what does it mean to be a spiritual leader in this area? What does it mean to be a spiritual leader in that area and and thinking about all the differences, but really I think the more I considered it the the more I thought that that it really has a a foundation and and thinking of Galatians 5.22, which many of us will know as the the fruits of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And um, although I think that uh, there are some people that have uh, a call, a a God-given mandate to be leaders in in big scales, in um, you know, leaders of churches, um, bosses, fathers—all these kind of things. Um, I think anyone that exudes those fruits of the spirit, um, I just—they have a natural leadership about them. You know, they want to be; they're the people that you want to follow. I think anyone that that has those things can be a a, a leader of a nation. Um, like Moses can be a leader of an army, like like David, um, and and to put that into a bit of context, I mean, take patience for example. Um, we're all in stage four lockdown for six weeks, maybe maybe a little bit more, and and we're really struggling with patience. Um, all of us, I think, we we just want to get out there and, and see someone that we love. Um, you think about how hard patience is to come by in a partner at times. Um, and then you think about how hard patience is to come by like within yourself, whether that be as a partner, as a, as a parent, um, as a boss, whatever the, the case may be. Um, you, you think about kindness and how many of us show kindness when, you know, that guy just speeds down the inside lane that he knows is about to end and just sneaks in front of you. I mean, it's, kindness almost goes out the window in that sense and something else often goes out the window as well um or or gentleness i mean that's gone when you you drive through mcdonald's and the 16 year old puts puts the wrong size fries in your bag we we lose that immediately um unless they go bigger if they go large and i ordered medium that's fine um but if you've ever been on the receiving end of the embodiment of all of these all of these fruits of the spirit together. It's just, it's something that you want to follow. It's just naturally something that you're drawn to. And I think um, it goes against what the world might say leadership is or is uh, meant to be. There's a lot of, you know, be assertive, be aggressive, um, win at all costs. You know, success is about the numbers. Success is about the money, the, uh, the amount of people you have following you. Um, but I, I don't think that's, that's spiritual leadership. I think if you're producing these good fruits and you allow that to feed and nourish the people around you and the people that are under you, the people that you're leading, then, uh, that's where spiritual leadership is for me, I think.
0: Yeah, that's just is extraordinary. It's like I just get this envisage of uh, enabling others by, you know. Letting them stand upon your shoulders as you 're lifting them up through the gifts of the spirit and the sorry the fruits of the spirit with love joy, peace, yeah. gentleness kindness and you know, I take my hat off to you, mate, because that is what i 've seen certainly uh throughout all of your life that as as you have displayed you know I know that i'm i'm sure it sometimes there's, there's times where the patience does run out a little bit and uh and yeah, uh, I, time. I, yeah and i'm the first to. To admit that, um, but um, uh, I just love it how you've uh, really captured what's good spiritual leadership and how it's displayed. That's just extraordinary. Um, You know, I've I've often in in discussion with uh, a lot of um, you know women in the community and and uh, women in our church and especially mums, mummy guilt. It may not be a term that everybody is familiar with, but. But uh, mummy guilt is something that is a very real feeling within a woman's life and uh, and and, and uh, to, to sort of capture it is is where you feel as though you always have to be with your children and, and I won't summarise it well but always have to be with your children, always having to support your children in every single way possible and ultimately really never being able to take time for yourself. There's mummy guilt but Andy you you work long hours as 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 uh, as a carpenter and uh I, I know that uh, you're just going after your building qualifications at the moment for a registered builder you know do you ever suffer from or experience daddy guilt
2: uh oh, 100% uh daddy guilt exists um and I, I wouldn't limit it to one thing necessarily it can mean different things for different people depending on um how much they work, how emotionally available they are or can be. Mm. Um, but I mean, especially during COVID for me, for example, um, when this all started back in March, I I started working longer hours, um, putting in longer days, um, calling in all my private jobs that I'd organized to do on weekends, all these kind of things, um, because I didn't know where this was going to go. I didn't know if we were going to be, Uh, lockdown for months and months and I wasn't going to be able to work. So I put in extra hours to make sure that the, uh, the family wouldn't suffer if, if we had to close up shop completely. I mean, thankfully um, carpentry is still one of those essential businesses. So we've been allowed to, to keep going. But um, if you think about um, the effect that, that that's had on, on the family and, and the kids when, when you get home on a Friday night and, and the kids look at you and go, I'm so excited to spend the weekend with you. And you go, sorry, buddy. I gotta, I gotta work this weekend. And, and that was the response for, you know, six months of the year now. Um, and it's heartbreaking to see their little faces when, when they realize that that that's kind of the norm at the moment. And, and it's very hard to, to explain to young kids that, this is going to end and things are going to go back to normal, um, at some point. Um, yeah. And then even, even just getting home from a long day at work, um, being absolutely exhausted and the second that you step through the door, being asked to play a game or, or read a book or something like that, when all you want to do is, is have a shower and have dinner and mm. crawl into bed, you know, there's, um, that's, it's hard to be available sometimes in that sense. Um, and so you certainly feel guilty saying no to, to those things. But on the flip side, when I find, when I say yes to those things, that spending those five or 10 minutes playing a game or, or reading a book that I I start thinking to myself, really, you you really had to say no to this last time. And it doesn't take much from you to, to sit here and, and read a book. And um, there've been so many times um, I'm sure Noah and Isaac can vouch for this when I've been reading a book in uh, in bed with the boys or something like that. And and they look up and and I'm asleep halfway through a page because I'm just flat out exhausted. But, but the times that I've said yes and run myself to the complete end of exhaustion just for five minutes of reading a book I feel infinitely better and less guilty um having said yes regardless of the uh, the final outcome
0: (laughs) that's amazing and uh look I'm sure the kids would actually get a kick out of you falling asleep during the book reading time as well oh yeah
2: Noah's always with the elbows trying to trying to wake me up and uh, (laughs) I'll fall asleep inevitably again in in another couple of minutes
0: that's right dad oof yeah that's amazing thanks so much andy for sharing again we're gonna we're gonna come come back to you but that whole that whole you know daddy daddy guilt father guilt dad guilt it's it it is it is such a real thing and um, whilst it would uh, affect us perhaps a little bit differently and it might impact on our own emotions or we handle those emotions differently to women it's most certainly something that uh, uh, many fathers experience as they, um, on one hand, want to feel the pressure of, uh, you know, perhaps providing for their home or, or showing leadership in their home in that way. Um, and yet, at the same time, um, you know, chasing after career or chasing after those things. And, you know, it's <laughs> look, it's a bit like no, no man on his deathbed says, I wish I spent more time at the office, or I wish I spent more time doing this always and, and, and any person that I've certainly in, encountered, you know, in their last moments of their life, it, their heart and their wish is, I wish I spent more time with family. And so take my hat off to you, mate. Keep up the good work. Keep up those readings. Keep on the book reading <laughs> and uh, and grab a nap every now and then, please, because uh, you all need it. Well, we've got another special, very special guest um, with us. I want to introduce you to Priyantha, who uh, has been patiently waiting? Thanks so much, Priantha. And uh, it looks like, you know, like a head gamer with the headphones, and like, you know, we're about to uh, experience some sort of LAN network gaming or something like that. No, we're not going to do that. But um, <clears throat> not everybody may have met you, uh, Priyantha. And of all the people on the screen, you're probably the newest uh, addition to the MCC family. So, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, mate. <laughs> um, now, uh, Priyanta, you're married to Kumadini and uh, the beautiful Kumadini. Um, you have a daughter by the name of Namalka, and uh, she's in her 30s. And, you know, when I started to look at these ages here, I thought, I thought, come on, man, you're not you're not that old, you, are you? Uh, and uh, Exat, for, who is uh, in his 20s, of course. Now, Namolka's out of home. She's up in Sydney. And, uh, and hello, if you're watching. Uh, and uh, your son is uh, uh, still at home with you. Um, uh, it almost feels like a dating agency. Your, your occupation is uh, you're a technical services manager, information management and technology in, in, in the Department of Transport. Tell us a little bit about that. What exactly do you do? That's a big title.
3: Uh, yeah, it is a long title. Um, <laughs> so I'm in the IT area. So uh, it's a big department, Department of Transport. Uh, we used to be big crowds. And recently, Wick Roads joined with Department Department of Transport, so it's a it's a very big entity at the moment, uh, public service. Uh, so, in terms of my role, is uh, within IT, uh, so I have accountability for all the database supporting all the database across uh, Department of Transport. Uh, so, which is Wick Roads uh, um, and uh, the the larger Department of Transport entity, uh, so which is an exciting role. I have been in that role uh, at least with VicRoads for nearly ten years, uh, and it's uh, the office is conveniently located in Kew, so it doesn't take me very long to go there. Uh, and uh, yes, I'm I'm happy to work with a, a really uh, good bunch of people uh, out there. And,
0: uh, wow, fantastic! In- and how long did you say how long you've been with the Department of Transport? Uh, 10 years. 10 years, 10 years. That's fantastic. And so this, often. Sorry, go on.
3: No, I said uh, this is my second career. Um, so it was. Uh, IT was relatively new to me. So, uh, but I'm having fun.
0: <laughs> fantastic. Now, there's one thing that I know that you love to do, and we have actually displayed a number of these here within uh, our church services, and that is your. Uh, amazing photography, um, and you recently, well, well, reasonably recently, you won an award. Can you tell me a little bit about that, a star photographer in our midst?
3: Uh, yeah, that was an uh, international uh, competition um, run by uh, uh, um, a U.S. company, um, and uh, so they run competitions on uh, various topics. And they had a topic on uh, structures and, and peers to do with sea, uh, seascape. And I submitted one of my photos, which was taken in Portsea. Uh, and there was something like 29,000 submissions. And, uh, and people who are members of that uh, um, organization who are Pretty much uh, all photographers uh, vote for uh, their favorite photo, and uh, without knowing who the photographer is. And so I was uh, lucky enough to get the first prize um, out of that. So that's
0: that's just did you did I hear you right? Twenty nine thousand people. Thirty nine thousand. Yes. Thirty nine thousand. Oh. Man, yeah,
3: that's twenty-nine thousand ex- worldwide. 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 And it's interesting that uh, the first prize and the third prize both were Australian photographers.
0: So we just- oh, go the Aussies! <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's that's, that's so <laughs> incredible. Thirty-nine thousand, and you won. That's mm-hmm. that just that is some serious skill there, Priyant. That's amazing. You, um, you and Cumity, uh, you have a. Beautiful relationship and uh, and uh, uh, it's just uh, so extraordinary to uh, start to get to know you both. Um, uh, what is the best piece of marriage advice that you can either tell us out of your own experience or that you've heard?
3: Yeah, I was thinking about this a uh, little bit. Probably the best, uh, probably not advice, I guess the statement I've seen uh, is uh, – that the marriage is like a bed of roses. How about that?
0: <laughs> uh, but obviously, to get a bed of roses, you've got to cultivate the soil, you've got to send your roots down deep, and uh, you've got to look after them. Is that is that what I'm getting here?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, now that i got your attention, um, let me elaborate a little bit. Please. <laughs> uh, so I'm a keen gardener, right? And... Uh, I think you were going to steal my thunder there, but anyway. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, So several years ago, I bought some, uh, I think about eight or nine plants of roses and planted them. They were full of flowers at the time. Planted them right at the front of uh, our property. And it looked beautiful. Really, really nice. Uh, Very fragrant. Uh, um, And... uh, I used to take care of them really well, water them once a day, twice a day. Um, you know, just like a, a good uh, start of a marriage, you're very happy, and and uh, yes, yeah, so the roses were there for a while, and then one by one, uh, some of the roses withered away and and died, and there are a few which came up after that, but not many. Um, and then, just like marriage, it's a bit seasonal. Uh, so uh, next year there were no flowers. And the following year, I think there were one or two flowers. And I thought, okay, oh, well, you know, these plants were really, really good when I bought them. And um, yeah, so after a while, I I, uh, found out that I need to to treat them a little bit better, fertilize them, prune them. Uh, And uh, so as a result of that, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot more roses now. So in that sense, I think it's similar that we have to. Uh, so at a marriage, that as a, at the start of the marriage, things look very rosy, um, pardon the pun, and uh, so and you had to work through that. Some seasons things don't look as good, and other seasons uh, things work out well. Uh, but it, it does need a lot of work uh, from both parties, and that is something which. Uh, I've found over the years. Uh, I think that's just like a bush of roses, they say, look, if it lasts for a few years, then there's better chance of lasting a bit longer. Uh, If you're not patient with the roses, you might cut them and get another plant, but not the best way to go.
0: No, I like the analogy, (laughs) that is absolutely right yeah i think I think that is absolutely sound advice there 's absolutely no question about that um, uh, you know I wish uh, whilst you know i 'd sought a lot of marriage advice before I got married, and Anna and I have just recently celebrated fifteen years. Would you believe? but I know that uh, when I first got married, I thought I knew it all and uh, and r- that advice uh, I would have really valued your advice, Priantha before i got married i wish we'd have known each other back then that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) beautiful now um yourself and kumadini how did you meet that's i'd love to know that story and i'm sure everybody out there is wanting dying to find out how did Priyanta and kumadini meet
3: wow that's a that's a good question um so my dad, i um, not sure whether some of you know, who was an Anglican or, or was an Anglican priest. And he had his church uh, in, a, in a country area. And we used to uh, go carol singing every Christmas. We used to uh, tour um, some of the uh, adjoining villages. And uh, we used to go in a little truck and uh, stop at junctions and, and sing carols. And people always expected that and they were looking forward to that. So our choir was fairly small, and uh, and uh, so I used to sing, and I used to play guitar there. Um, and uh, Kumudini, who Kumudini's mom used to attend the church, so Kumudini's mom was an Anglican. Kumudini was a Buddhist at the time, but she uh, joined in during Christmas to sing carols with us, and that's how it started. And she was 15, and I was 16.
0: So you. St- you you started singing together? Is that is that what I'm getting? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, singing carols, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah, it was a, a long time ago.
0: Wow, wow, that's just that's just amazing. And uh, obviously, you know, do you still love to sing?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The others might not like me to sing but uh, in the house <laughs> but uh, I still I sing, sing and, and play guitar so that's something I, I especially doing I saw. it's something I've enjoyed doing.
0: Oh that's just that's just amazing. Um, one thing that uh, that I think each of us you know um, you know my son Joshua always wants to you know spend time playing cricket or footy or, you know, on the game station or building models or something along those lines, doing, doing you know, boys stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, Shiloh loves to do some of those things as well. Um, but sometimes as a father, sometimes, you know, there's, there's a difference between how we relate to our son and how we relate to our daughter. You have adult an adult son and an adult daughter now, how, how, how do you relate differently to you, to Namolka as compared to your son, whom I might be pronouncing his name incorrectly, so please let us know what his name
3: is. No, you're pronouncing his name right, Exat. Oh, good, um, Yes, uh, so... In some ways, they're... they're they have a, a number of differences, but in some ways they are both similar. Uh, both are very analytical thinkers and like to think through problems or, or, or challenges. And um, and I do the same. Uh, so I find it quite easy to relate to them. Uh, I guess with Nimaka, I find that there's more discussion. Uh, and when you're uh, talking about something just a little bit more um, dialogue, I guess, um, and discussion going into it. Whereas with EXART, as, as with quite often with men, it's uh, uh, short sentences or, or, or uh, not so much in detail in discussions. Uh, but with both, I'd love, uh, certainly from their small days, I'd love spending time with them. Uh, hasn't been always the um, case um, you know, because of other commitments. But uh, uh, with Nimaka I remember sort of, uh, we used to watch a lot of movies and um, I think Pocahontas, I still remember going to watch with her. But uh, as she grew older, uh, those movies were more like the, the Bond movies or the Bond movies, mm-hmm. the, the action movies. Um, and we started with Lion King, and now we progress to Fast and Furious. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: so I think I find uh, spending time with them, not necessarily talking a lot, but just spending time with them, which is something I really enjoy doing.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it, it may be
3: going on a holiday, or it may be just going down the road, uh, or going to a movie.
0: Fantastic. Or doing
3: things at, at home.
0: And I think uh and I've and I've seen that you've loved you love to travel as a family as well, which seems to uh seems to be something perhaps just recently that you enjoy.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks so much, uh, Priyantha, um, for that insight um that uh marriage is a bed of roses, uh, mm-hmm. and we have to always remember what it is to look after those roses. We have that. a very special guest next as well, Brad, who uh, thanks for patiently waiting there, Brad. Brad is the husband of Alita. And uh, Brad, as Father's Day, you don't have, well, you don't have human kids, but you have four very furry kids that uh, you've looked after. <laughs> you've got three cats yeah. and the newest addition is one dog. What are all their names? Can, can we just hear about their names? <laughs> we've got
4: uh, Molly, he's 20, um, and we've got Tika, uh, another cat, and then Cooper, and then we've got Maggie May, who is about 10 weeks old. Yeah, a, and a little Maggie May is obviously
0: the dog who's a border collie. Man, you've got your work mm. cut out for you with that mm. uh, that border collie. You can absolutely be guaranteed of that. Now, Brad, you're, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're um, in... Uh, uh hydraulic engineering and 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 that department um th- let us know a little bit about what uh, what that entails
4: uh look basically hydraulic uh design just means uh, plumbing so anything that a plumber installs into any building uh gets got it it has to be designed first and i do all the design for it so anything that has water gas relief sewer hydrants hose reels sprinklers anything like that in a building. Um, if it's got water in it and it smells, um, I've designed it, or someone like me, <laughs> before it's installed.
0: <laughs> man, that's that's extraordinary. <laughs> so I'd imagine that it, that it had a, have a creative element, but also a high um, technical yes. element. Um, how yeah. did you, like, as an adult, as a, as, as, a, as a man, this is who I am, we often find our identity uh, in uh, in kind of who who what we do as opposed to perhaps who God says says that we are. Um, let's just go back to your to, to your childhood a little bit. If you could go back to one day, just one day in your childhood, which day would that be, and and tell us why? Tell us about that day.
4: Well. I had a great childhood. Uh, I come from a large family, mum and dad, and I'm one of uh, five kids. I'm in the middle. And I can't pinpoint any one day in particular, Um, but I would just go to say that any random Saturday, uh, probably in the middle of a hot uh, Sydney summer, sometime early in the 80s, uh, and it'll just be working in the backyard with my dad, uh, mowing the lawns, doing something like that. And I remember... Let's say the first day that he um, let me use the brush cutter for the first time uh, by myself, uh, which was awesome to be trusted with something so dangerous. You know, your dad's watching you from afar, but he's letting you just, you know, go crazy. Um, And it was, my dad used to always like showing me how to use different tools like that. And to be given the responsibility with something so dangerous was so exciting. You know, the first time he'd give you an axe or a matic or even a chainsaw or something like that was just whoa let me at it that's great Um, so the best day would be something like that and um, then always after we would um, do the yard stuff we'd always sit down together and he would have a beer and then we'd just talk about you know what we did that day um and then no longer after that was done then i'd head off on my bike uh, with my mates in the street we go down to the local gullies and muck around and you know back in the days when you'd put um you go inside and you ask your dad you get your best set of playing cards with all the plastic coating on them and you take them back and peg them to peg them to the back frame of your bike so the spokes would make some awesome awesome motorbike sounds and you do skids and wheelies and that'd be the that'd be the perfect day and um even back you know this when um you know it'd be dinner time and mum would say oh, you know to dad go and pick up From the takeaway and dad would always call call out for me and go come on brazo let's go and um, i'd stop whatever i was doing and just run towards the car and uh, my dad had the the coolest car um that i've ever seen it was a a beach buggy with an exposed vw engine at the the rear and uh, it was a one-piece fiberglass body uh, with massive rear tires no roof no doors no seat belts and it sounded awesome um and uh, you know when we were on the road everyone used to stare at us like we were rock stars because this thing was amazing and you know your dad would he'd look at me and just wink at me like he knew it you know um and then uh but probably the coolest thing was when we'd be driving coming home from the takeaway shop dad would always take a different way home just so that we could drive down the really long hill um and then he'd look over at me and wink and he'd say come on and let me sit on his lap and I'd steer all the way down this hill and then even give me the, uh, the, you know, to trust me to you know, turn into the driveway, drive down the side of the house. And, you know, as a kid, that was the coolest thing to do because, you know, it was an awesome car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He'd be on the front page of CNN these days for... You know, what not to exactly. do. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So it was just a,
4: just a random day, you know, uh, that would have been the coolest day.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, those summer days, I think, uh, you know, those mm. uh, plastic uh, playing cards were replaced by something they used to call Spoky dokes or something like that, that da 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 da, you'd hear it yeah. click as they went through. Um, Brad, I. <laughs> This is, a, this is a big question and, uh, and I, I, I don't want to rush our time, but as our time is coming sort of to an end uh, together, which, which family member has been your greatest coach in life? How have they coached you and, you know, what, some of the, what are some of the qualities that you, you've, you've seen that they're actually really, really good at?
4: Well, I, it was a, yeah, it was a difficult question because there's so many, been so many great influences in my life, um, like my mother and my father, but probably the greatest coach, and that's kind of something you seek out for, and someone intentionally hands you advice, and that would probably be my older sister. Um, she's, uh, her name's Doreen, and she's the only sibling with me in Melbourne, um, so I see her the most, um, and Doreen... Um, how she does coach me and um, those qualities that she does have as a person, um, she's got exceptional people skills. Um, she's very relational. She listens to empathizes uh, doesn't judge me and steers me towards being a better person, a better version of myself. Um, yeah. So I think that just generally her attributes and when I've asked for help, what she brings to the table is something very tangible for where I'm at right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's that's just so, so good. And so um, uh, we've just probably got time for just one more question. Is you know, in terms of your childhood, and we talked about it just before. What was the hardest thing that you went through, and, and how did you overcome it? How does does that does that impact mm. the way that the man that you are today?
4: It impacts it totally, but in a weird way. Um, it's a, such an easy question for me to answer. I can't remember going through any hardship as a child at all. Um, I was constantly loved and affirmed by uh, everyone around me. And the fact that I didn't have any hardships as a child is probably due to the effort character of my um, ever-loving mother. So I think not having any scarring or any type of hardship um enabled me to grow into and as an adult with confidence um, but without arrogance but but and to feel very comfortable with who I am at an early age so I think that's just followed naturally through my life um and whenever I've required assistance I've just reached out for it and it's and it's come so I feel feel very um very fortunate that I don't have any some anything that sticks out as a problem
0: Wow, I just I, you know a lot of these answers uh, have never I, I I've certainly posted the answers to each and every single person, and all of our guests and all of the guest panel today, but there's s- something that I'm drawing out of out of all of everybody's story here is that Ron, you spoke about how love is uh, is so vital and uh, that we're not to be limited by our earthly example or earthly experiences of 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 love and then Andy you beautifully just described the attributes of of you know spiritual leadership being the fruits of the spirit preantha a marriage to build up a good marriage is to look after it and and sow life into it and sow all the special ingredients that are needed for it and then to continue to live a life, it really helps, Brad, that you've displayed to to live such a successful life in your own marriage with Alita and and uh, and, to, and throughout all of your life, how how a good foundation, how strong parenting, mm. how um, you know setting up for a great foundation really sets up a person for the rest of their life I just I just see so many different elements in all of your lives which are just a beautiful example of just the hand of God the fingerprints of God throughout every single life through every single marriage and relationship guys thank you so much happy Father's Day for today we've unfortunately run out there is so many other conversations that I'd love to be having with you right now but um We uh, have come to our end and uh, we've we've come to our time uh, today. But happy Father's Day. Thank you so much for setting aside the time, taking it away from uh, your own family and uh, really just sharing your heart and sowing into us from your experiences. There's there's so much truth in everything that you've said, plus a few little things that we've been able to find out about you at the same time, which is just (coughs) beautiful. So thank you. Uh, Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Andy. And thank you, Priyantha. That's just fantastic. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks. Thank you. See
0: you guys. Fantastic. So brilliant. Well, we are back now here in uh, in the studio in our MCC studio right now when.